online, on digital, and on 88 to 91 FM. BBC Radio 2. Russell Brand. That was the Beatles. This is BBC Radio 2. I'm Russell Brand. This is the Russell Brand Show. I'm here with Matt Morgan. He's in charge of some switches that operate the machines. You're right there, Matt. Yes. You look rather upbeat. You're not belittling my tasks. I'm not belittling your tasks. You are like that fella that some religions believe at the centre of the universe running things. That's or perhaps they call it tings. I don't know how they speak in this particular region. Or indeed, if it exists, I think I might have just made it up. You're right, Trev. Very well indeed. Thank you very much. How are you? Very, very well Indeed, very well. So you went to the Secret Radio 2 dinner just yesterday, did you? No, no I didn't. Oh, good, because we didn't go to it. Matt and I were meant to go to it. I understand it was quite a parsimonious affair and people didn't eat lavish pheasants and swans. Not at all. We had to bring our own sandwiches. Bring your own sandwiches. Well, what you do, you bring your own sandwiches and a pudding and then you swap. I bet you sat there with a listless apology for a meal. I didn't. Limply folded in your fist. No, I, I baked my own uh, chocolate and orange cake. Lovely. Uh, yeah, I made some prawn sandwiches. The way you live, Trevor. Look, Matt Morgan, of course, you probably done some sort of do, did you, yesterday? Well, I mean, it was a sort of do. I hadn't promoted it at all, so effectively it was an empty room. Turned into an apology, whereas I was working hard, of course, on our Channel 4 show. Met Peter and Jordan. So Peter I. and Jordan, yes, Peter and Katie I met yesterday. You never get that right, could you? No, because she's changed her identity and that's difficult. It must have been difficult with David Bowie, go, what are you this week? Oh, I'm Aladdin Sane this week, I'm Ziggy Stardust. Did you have to call him those things if you met him? I've never no, known. it was always Bowie. He'd just be, you'd just call him David. Yeah. You wouldn't have to go, oh, Aladdin. So what did, uh, Jordan say, don't call me Jordan? She didn't actually say that. She's a woman completely without artifice, given, uh, which is odd, given the nature of her fame, being, you know, and chiefly promoted. Yes, yes, chiefly centred around a construct in the boob department, but she was completely authentic and charming. So is Peter. I like it when you meet those people, famous people, that don't have any uh, appearance of like, of being constructed, like, say, like, and people in general. Say, like, sometimes if you're, uh, filming with someone, or put someone on the radio, they will, like, look, me, for example, if you put me on telly or on radio, I'll show off more than I normally would. Some people, they'll go more timid and shy, bashful in front of the camera. Some people will remain co completely consistent, and those are the most charming of all, I find, and I think uh, Peter and Katie have that quality. There was no sort of real difference how they were in the dressing room before the show and how they were sort of on air, sort of lightly bickering, sometimes indiscreet, you know, but like ch charming throughout. And it is from these ideals that we take today's themes where we discuss the nature of fame and embarrassing moments with famous people. That's what we're going to be talking about on our show today, so you can uh, send us an email or a text message if you like, but you might as well just hurl it into a because this all happened hours ago because it's pre-recorded! <laughs> Why did you ruin the magic? <laughs> because Trevor and I have got to go up to York to do a stand-up comedy gig which we'll be doing right now. But still, this is a bubble of time, a glorious bubble of time. Later in the show we'll be talking to Noel Gallagher about his famous experiences. I remember him boasting, in fact, in the past to me, like, oh, when I met, uh, when I met Neil Young, when I met Neil Young, I never did nothing, because what it goes, because he don't like it if people want to take photographs with him. Noel does. No, you know, I'm really worried about, like, how I'm perceived all the time, right? If someone comes up to me and has their photo done, I'll do it because I sort of enjoy it and I'm a fame-hungry little vulture, <laughs> but also because I'm worried about what people think of me, right? So I thought, oh, I don't want that person to not like me, so I will just do any number of autographs and photographs, whatever's required. Sometimes people go, 
would you cut my genitals? And oh. would you mind saying this to my phone? Would you talk to my mum? And things like that. And I just, I'll, all of their requests I'll go along with, you know, all of their Herculean trials I will fulfil. Just to keep them happy. Do you think so? Yeah. Because Noel Gallagher, completely out of bash, just go, no, I ain't doing it. You know what I mean? It doesn't, and like, he's absolutely himself and unapologetic about it. It's very interesting. The way, you know, the way like accept him. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, I'll do that. Oh, they would like my photo. How kind. I must have been such a disappointment to my mother. There's people outside. Yeah, that's interesting. Outside uh, the Radio 2 booth, I think because Peter and Katie are here right. today, there's an accumulated mass, a, thr a throng of people wanting autographs. They're very charming, very sweet. I just wonder why, yeah, I mean, it's not like I'm... What do you write, though? How do you know what to write? Well, now, uh, that actually, I have become more economical. I now do just write Russell. Oh, you know, sort of initially, right, I used to make a point of, right, every single person will get a personalised message, you know, and I'd write yeah. something, I'd look at them and try and think of what sort of thing I think would appeal to them. Now, essentially, it's just like, might as well be a stamp, I might as well jab my thumbprint on their forehead. <laughs> <laughs> be about your business. <laughs> I have much to do. That's why I hate, um, cards when someone's, oh, do you want to sign a leaving card? Yeah. There's a pressure on you then to write something Some, funny. Exactly, you've mm -hmm. got to find someone. But I think, you know, you, you and I, Matt, are quite good at that. You sort of think of, okay, what specific incident has there been with, yeah. say, if Trevor was leaving, you know, and I pray for that day, we'd go, we'd just think of something like, you know, right, okay, what's pertinent to Trevor? Um, He's Right, great Tre big long haircut that he's got now. Trevor looks like a, a Lego man that sort of suddenly developed a pot habit. <laughs> 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 have you discovered pot? Yeah, I have. So what? I'm really into the poetry of Burroughs now. <laughs> hey, hey, well, I'm a real groovy cat. <laughs> yeah, why have you suddenly become sort of a, like a belated Jack Kerouac figure, What's Trevor? happened is I'm, I'm wearing a roll neck uh, sweater, I washed my hair this morning and then I, I sprayed in sea salt. You sprayed sea salt yeah. into your copycat. hair. Yes. You are a copycat because that is something I decided. The main problem is the fact that you've just got a little smart side parting haircut. Yes. But you yeah. just let it grow. Yeah. 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 If you're going to grow your hair. You look like, like Hitler after a holiday in Goa. <laughs> 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 so we're going to talk about our, um, we're going to talk about our experiences meeting famous people, embarrassing situations. This is of course promoted and provoked by Matt's blog on the Radio 2 website, bbc.co.uk, where, uh, Matt, I was, I was so pleased to my professionalism there, I had to stop and gloat internally. <laughs> oh, I just mentioned the website almost effortlessly. And Matt sort of talked about me meeting Morrissey, my all-time hero. And I think I did quite well, didn't I? I didn't yeah, embarrass you did. myself good. there. Good interview there. It was a super interview. Noel Gallagher said it was magical. He said that, he said magical though. Not magical. He didn't say that, he speaks no. English. And like, so, and like so, said he'd heard stuff from Morrissey that he'd never heard before. And it was rather you know, inspiring Did you phone me. up Noel Gallagher? Did you hear my interview? No, no, I went on an interview. Would you like to listen to it please? Your necklace is making a noise. I'll take it off. Let's get rid of it. Yeah, it is. It's jangling. You're Yesterday, like a big out. box of, uh, little boxes appeared. Russell goes, my jewels! My little jewels! <laughs> and he ratted through the box. <laughs> he gets sent jewels. Does he? people, yeah. They're lovely jewels, my jewels. They're nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you would query yeah, them. A load of religious imagery, just yeah. on a chain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's belittling Catholicism a touch, but, you know, it does look nice. Now, um, sort of, uh, do you know, guess what happened? Last night, I was meant to go and see Morrissey at Wembley Arena. No. I was, I was, dear, yes, but unfortunately I didn't make it, but guess what I heard? Right, Morrissey's, uh, manager, Jennifer, she, uh, I, I phoned her up to apologise, because it's really awful, isn't it, if you get free tickets and then mm. don't use them. Right, so I phoned up and goes, oh, I'm so sorry I didn't make it, uh, you know, 
work ran over, dear. And, uh, she goes, oh, wow, did you, you missed it then? Morrissey came on stage, introduced his band, went through one by one, introducing all the members of his band, and went, oh, so that's, uh, you know, I should know everyone in the band, but I'm obsessed, fixated really on Morrissey. Oh, so-and-so on drums, so-and-so on bass, so-and-so lead guitar, and I'm Russell Brand. Yeah, I heard this. Happen. Amazing! Wow. He introduced himself as Russell Brand, Morrissey, can you imagine it? He's confused, isn't he? <laughs> he's, uh, it's obviously affected him. This, he this meeting. Apparently he had, he stood out there, he's, he's, and then he sang a song about his dinkle, <laughs> <laughs> boasted about his sexual prowess. This charming dinkle. <laughs> it's a, this charming ball bag. It's a 180 degree turnover. A man is always discreet about his love life to the point of not having one. This is Russell Brand on Radio 2 with Matt Morgan and Trevor Locke. Later on we've got Omid Jalili and Noel Gallagher on the show. Jonathan, Jonathan Romney. <laughs> Jonathan Romney. Stop eating your sandwich. I do apologise, I'm so unprofessional while starving. Um, Jonathan Ross just bowled in here, didn't he? Yes. He did. Yeah. Bowled as brass. Alright, hello. Hello, he's another person completely at ease with himself, isn't he? He is, yeah. And in fact, he was, um, the prime example of, uh, today's theme, in my case, of embarrassing incidents when meeting famous people. Here's but a few examples of embarrassing incidents when I've met famous people. Embarrassing incident one. When I was about 16, or, or no, no older than that, 20, I met Chris Morris, wandering the street. He was a, sort of a hero of mine. I just saw him walking down a, a street in sort of, uh, around Soho. And, uh, last week my mate Cole Theobald, now who, the guy who's in, in Greenwing, very fine actor, we did a double act at that time, and we had flyers and we were going around hawking ourselves around agencies. And, like, Chris Morris walked by and went, oh my god, that's Chris Morris, that's Chris Morris. So, like, I went, and I thought, like, you know, I even then had this attitude of, you know, carpe DMCs a day, an opportunity like that comes along, why not? What are you gonna, you know, I, I, uh, and then a line that I use on an almost daily basis, what are you gonna do, remember the day that you saw Chris Morris and then didn't go and talk to him? I've managed to reprise that <laughs> into a, into bludgeoning people, oh, into giving up their inhibitions. What Thank are you, you gonna do? What are you going to tell your grandchildren about the day that you didn't sleep with Russell Brand? <laughs> I fear grandchildren will be out of the question now that you've contracted syphilis. <laughs> um, that's a lovely little joke. Now, um, I'm, I'm actually clean as a whistle, sharp as a thistle. Yeah, so like, I just scampered off after, like, my mate Carl goes, oh, Chris Morris will show we trouble him. I go, yeah, no, he must, we must, we must seize the opportunity. I ran off after him, clutching a flyer, goes, oh, and I remember distinctly going, Mr. Morris, Mr. Morris, doing <laughs> that grot bag <laughs> crocodile, like, and he's such an irreverent sort of man, isn't he, as well, to call him, Mr. Morris, Mr. Yeah, but what Morris. if you'd gone, Chris, Chris, it would yeah. have been worse. Being overbearing, wouldn't it? So, yeah, call him Mr. Morris. <clears throat> sort of thrust a grubby little flyer in his general direction. I goes, oh, yes, oh, hello, my friend and I, we do, uh, we do a double act. I mean, if you're, if you're busy, if you're not busy, it'd be lovely if you could come, expecting to come to, like, above some North London pub and sit and watch me and Carl Theobald scrabbling our way through a half-baked sketches. Actually, some of them quite good. But there you go, um, he goes, well, well, thank you for this piece of paper, but I, I shan't be coming, but jolly good. You know, he was sort of polite about it. He was nice, he wasn't sort of embarrassed or embarrassing. Mostly I was embarrassed about the Mr. Morris bit, but what I suppose you say right. after he said that? Okay, Mr. Morris! Okay, Mr. Morris, governor! Sort of tipped me cat, <laughs> clicked me heels, uh, flipped a halfpenny in my fingers and made off. And then, um, when you did the show, did you sort of look at the back? Did you think, oh, is that Mr. Morris? Oh, it's Mr. Mr. Morris could be here any minute, yeah, preparing a, a chair for him in a... a, a a Mr. Godo star. Reserved for Mr. Morris. <laughs> Mr. Godo could be here any minute. He'll prepare a chair, prepare a chair. Yeah, um, and that, so that was sort of a bit embarrassing. Then when I met, uh, that I met Vic Reeves, who was also a hero of mine, I didn't like, he was heckling me while I was doing uh, some warm-up for a TV programme, and he was going, oh, do Steely Dan, making, like, sort of making me do requests, like I was a jukebox up on the stage, and I... 
and I was like, for, I, the reason I couldn't handle it was because I, f I didn't know whether to call him Jim Moi, which I knew to be his real name, or Vic Reeves. And I was sort of in my mind, I was thinking, oh, shall I call him Jim Moi? Shall I call him? If I call him Vic Reeves, it looks like I'm not included in the actuality of who he is. If I call him, uh, if, if I call him Jim Moi, it looks overly familiar. So I was floundering about that and was, wasn't able to deal with the situation. And most embarrassingly of all, when I first went on Jonathan Ross's radio show, he goes, oh, all right, you know, I have my phone number. You know, take you at the end of it, he gave me his phone number. He goes, yeah, I'll take my number. You'll be too timid to use it, of course. And, uh, so I later on thought, right, timid, you say? So I, like, later on, I had a, took a photograph of myself with a, a lady with big boobs, with her boobs. Big boobs! She got big boobs! They was visible boobs! I know Jonathan Ross to be a keen fan of the, uh, a big boob. It's clear, isn't he? He likes <laughs> Russell Matthews. He likes big boobs! His wife's got big boobs, hasn't she? He's, he's big boobs. Big boobs! Big boobs! <laughs> what? Wee wee! <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's a evident, isn't it? It's a self-evident yeah. truth. And like, so I like, had my picture taken with this lady's boobs. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't uh, take him. Like, Who took like, it? Me, actually, uh, like, with my extended arm. Uh, as if I, uh, it was a... have got an extended arm. <laughs> 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 Matt, I didn't want to worry you. <laughs> I'm bionic. Um, <laughs> bionic, bionic, ironic, all of them. And, like, sort of, I, I like, had my picture taken with her boobs as if I was clutching a pike. <laughs> there we go, look at those, right? So I took my phone with that and then texted it to John from Ross saying like a, not only am I not too timid to use your number I'm disgustingly over familiar never mentioned it since. Have you mentioned it to him? No, I should have brought it up just then when he came in the room, shouldn't I? Yeah. When he was saying you should be more risque on air and that your radio show was too tame the first week and he said, well, we're just getting used to things, we're just settling down. That's John from Ross saying, really, giving us licence to be a bit to more outlandish. Out. Yeah, and also then Terry Wogan came in, pulled down his trousers and pants, did a massive blow off and go, come on lads! They go, yeah, do you want to see mine? Would you like to see my impression of an elephant? Pulled the pockets out of his trousers, but come on! <laughs> so in a way, I think things could be getting a little more reckless around here. Well, should, we, should we listen to Sid Barrett? Uh, no. Why? Because we've had three of your tunes. Two? All depressing. They're not depressing. My lovely Rita Meter Maid's not depressing. Oh, yeah, that was all right. Unless you are a, a Meter Maid <laughs> and find that somehow disconcerting and disrespectful. <laughs> why would they write that song? Why not? Well, I know, but well, one, I mean, I just think, what was the journey to that? Do you think they were, like, thinking about Meter Maids? Yeah, there was an actual Rita that they wrote it about, a London really? Meter Maid. Yeah, I remember when she retired in 1986, they did a special report on I don't Trevor. believe you, Trevor. Such well, believe me, believe me, darling. I it remember happens. when she retired in 19 tickety tick. Oh, well, that was it, it wasn't 19 tickety tick. Blooming Al Capone got <laughs> condemned for it was tax reasons. In the end, they got him on the course, and it and the untouchables. They were all over him like a rash, but then it was tax. That's not how I speak, and that's not how I dance. <laughs> you dance and speak in the fashion of a ridiculous clockwork man from yonder years. Rita retired in 1986, and they did a special report on Nationwide about her. <laughs> I did a special report yeah, because it was Rita. Point. It's a nationwide. It's a world famous song, Rita. And when she retired, they said, "Oh, look, it's the original inspiration for that fantastic yeah. Beatles track." She's I, retiring. I reckon nationwide, with its beige backdrop and its beige mentality, to you seemed like a real load of pizzazz and razzmatazz. Yeah. I bet you loved it. <laughs> oh, nationwide's going to be on in a minute. Oh, it's Sue Lawley. I fancied Sue Lawley. I watched the other side where a young Danny Baker was making his way into broadcasting on the six o'clock show with Ashbourne. 
Derek Street Porter and a lot of other young guns of television at the time. Look at Matt looking down at the floor. Confused by this whole like he's bothered in an orphanage. <laughs> he must have been children with quite an awareness of the media. Yes. That's right. What else was used to watch Wurzel Gummidge? <laughs> <laughs> and it shows in your, in the, all of your work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wrestling, help me on your show, I like a cup of tea and flappy cake. Is that how you carry that on? Was when telly was good. <laughs> like the whiskey. The golden years. Oh, the golden years of Wurzel Gummidge. Listen, why don't we listen to some music, then after that we'll have a chat to Noel Gallagher, Omar Jalili's coming in here a bit later and we'll be being a lot more reckless uh, at the behest of our TV and Radio 4 bear, Mr. Jonathan Ross. But now, what are we going to listen to, Matty? Well, you want Sid Barrett. We'll listen to what lemonade. you want to, if you like. It's up oh, to you. We're, we're, we're a family. Let's, 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 what is it, then? Primal Scream. Fine, Primal Scream. Scream. They were on the show last night. Brilliant. And I forgot to say hello or anything to Bobby Gillespie or Manny and I feel a bit embarrassed what? about it. Well, I didn't go over and go, oh, all right, mate, thanks for coming on the show. I just sort of waved to him from across the room. You've changed. Oh, it's rude, isn't it? Kingly wave. Let's dedicate their own music to them. Is that bad? Okay, you can't. <laughs> I'd like to dedicate this track to Primal Scream. Is this is bad? going out to you guys. Yes, it'll cause them to implode. Create <laughs> yeah. a paradox. A vortex will open up. They dedicate. Someone's dedicated their own music to them. It's ridiculous. We're talking about um, embarrassing incidents, meeting famous people. Perhaps now the apotheosis of fame and embarrassment, the realization of those two twinned ideologies. It's Noel Gallagher on the phone. You right, Noel? Yeah. <laughs> oh, are you alright? What are you doing? Why was that funny? Because you sort of went, yeah, in this sort of lazy way, as if nothing mattered. <laughs> what am I doing? Uh, I'm not doing much, actually. I'm sat looking out a hotel room window in Australia. You're in Australia. Do you not like being abroad now, now that you're a little bit older? Do you miss your home comforts? Are you confused? Uh, I miss the philosophy bag, yeah, and, uh, Sarah regularly changing my nappy, yeah. <laughs> That must be difficult for that. you. No, I do like travelling, Russell, as all human beings like travelling, I guess, don't they? I suppose, all of them. sometimes, some people like being nomadic, but sometimes occasionally you meet people that have never even been out of their town, don't you? Yeah, we, yeah, well, they're idiots though, aren't they, really? Those people are... Or poor. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, they're, they fall into <laughs> one of those two camps. Right, um, so what are you doing? You're promoting your album to Australian people. Yeah, I'm out, well, I'm in Melbourne today. Uh, yeah, I'm doing some, some of those acoustic gigs. You know, the, the thing that, I, that I've done for you and the thing that I've done at uni, kind of carrying on that kind of thing up until Christmas. Yeah, uh, you did intimate acoustic gigs. You did one for us for Focus 12, the charity of which I'm a patron, out of what I can only describe as the goodness of my heart. You did another one at the Union Chapel for, that was for, was that for Mencap, Noel? Yes, it was. It was for Mencap. But these ones I'm doing are strictly for promotional purposes. I expect you'll enjoy those more, being quite a self-centred man. Uh, well, you say that, Russell. <laughs> you, say, you, say, you say I'm self-centred. Yeah. You know, I'm not coming on your radio show thinking of myself, am I? No, you're propping up my career, I, and I do appreciate I it. I don't get, I don't get anything out of it. No, you don't. That's very true. That is a no, very altruistic. Apart, apart from ridicule. <laughs> <laughs> What well, I was interested in, actually, I meant to mention this to you, is that when uh, you invite me to go to that Mencap gig, and I'm very glad I went along, it was brilliant, see Joe Wiley there, see Serge and Tom from, from Kasabian, they were brilliant. Um, you, obviously, wonderful as always. Um, but, like, in all the times that you invite me to it, you never at any point mentioned Mencap or anything. You just went, I'm doing this thing, like, where I'm doing acoustic <laughs> gigs. You never, like, at any point goes, it's for Mencap. Just like, you just went... Well, no, did I not? No, mate. Why would I? I don't know, Why just... Would I? I, I don't know, because I thought, suppose that's supposed to be the motivation behind it. Well, uh, well, yeah, but if I was to say to you it's for Mencap, 
you might have been obliged to put your hand in your pocket. <laughs> I would have happily did, did, made a donation. No, actually, I didn't, mate. I just stood no, there. You, you could have spent the money that you did spend on that ridiculous trench coat you were wearing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I thought I looked very dashing in that vampiric trench coat, which I believe you described it as. You said you looked yeah. like Dracula as a flasher or something, I think you said I looked like. You, <laughs> you looked very strange. Because <laughs> you, you freak me out when I see you, because I forget how tall you are. Mm. You're quite a tall chap. I don't like that. I don't like tall people. They freak me out. Well, you're not really little, are you? How tall are you? In my, well, in, in my own head, I'm over six foot, obviously. But in reality, but you're little more than a dwarf. A Thunderbird <laughs> puppet that's <laughs> cut its strings and raced <laughs> off the set, picked up a guitar instead of a shovel, in my opinion, a mistake. See? <laughs> this level of abuse, did he? <laughs> Who didn't? No, Morrissey didn't get this, did he? No, he got sick of fantasy. Oh. Which no, I think... you sat and you listened attentively to him, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you, yeah. Morrissey? Or do you have feelings yeah. about things? I yeah, love you. Did, but, I, but let me... Matt, is, Matt's obviously there. Yeah, he's yeah, there. Did you notice, Matt, that halfway through the interview, Morrissey started interviewing Russell? Yeah, it did turn around like that. Now, the thing is, being a seasoned interviewee myself, I, when that happens, I know for a fact that Morrissey's gone... Right, I've had enough of this idiot now. I've had enough of his stupid questions. <laughs> I'm now going to kill time by pretending to be into what he does. <laughs> and, and, and anyway, never mind me being self-centred. You went with it. Yes, well, stand-up comedy is my forte. I'm looking to get into television. You're up to you, idiot. He's just thinking to it. He's looking at his personal assistant going, get me. Out of here. Well, I'm sure you'd like to believe that, Noel, but actually, at Wembley Arena, only last night, Noel Gallagher, uh, not Noel Gallagher, you're Noel Gallagher, Morrissey <laughs> marched onto the stage, all I know is that there's me and then there's other people, some of whom <laughs> seem to be famous, um, but Morrissey went on stage at Wembley Arena and, uh, introduced his band one by one and then went, and I'm Russell Brand, introduced himself as me. So what make you, oh, Mr. Cynical, Judgmental Gallagher, of that fact? Of that? Morrissey is widely regarded as possibly the most sarcastic Mancunian <laughs> in the history of Mancunianism. <laughs> a hard-fought title. I just love the fact that you thought he was interested. So, Russell, <laughs> tell me. Don't shatter that illusion. Comedy or television. <laughs> well, Morrissey, yes, well, I prefer Stanham Comedy. <laughs> 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 he was Honestly, interested. It was, it, was, it was quite possibly one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, another illusion shattered. Yeah, no, have you ever had an embarrassing thing happen to you when you've met a famous person, a hero or anything? Because that is the theme of the I show. Actually, I've got a funny Morrissey story for you, right? Go on. I was at, uh... Now, get on this. Morrissey requested once that I present him with a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Mojo Awards, right? Mm. Yeah. So there. Beat that. <laughs> well, he pretended to be me on stage. Who probably was doing that right. sarcastically, Noel. So oh, anyway, a right, lifetime so, achievement, get Noel Gallagher. You've just asked me a question. Sorry. Okay, right. <laughs> so I go up there and I, I give some spiel about Morrissey being an inspiration, blah, 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 and all that. And, of course, he comes up and he says, thank you, Sir Noel, you know, in his, in his drawway. And, you know, like at these awards enemies when the recipient and the, the person that gives the award, they kind of walk off the side of the stage together. Yes. Right? You've seen this happen, That's the, right? That is the protocol, now, I've seen it. there was somebody there that waved a pair of us off, <laughs> and he walked off, and I walked off behind him, and we went down this flight of stairs, and I assumed we were going into some <laughs> kind of media room where we would do a photograph. <laughs> yeah. So we, we walked down this one flight of stairs, and then another, and then another, and I'm kind of walking behind Morris, thinking, this is so 
so cool, man. There's just like me and Morrissey on the staircase and a couple of other people who walk down. <laughs> he goes to the door, opens the door, leaves, gets, goes outside the building, gets in a taxi and drives off. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, go, so I walk out the door after him, not thinking anything, he's been a bit drunk. <laughs> the door shuts behind me, I'm left outside, you thing, right? I don't know, in, in Whitehall somewhere thinking, how on earth am I going to get back in? I have to go round the back, the front, I have to go round the front going, <laughs> Right, pass the again. Yeah. <laughs> I won't tell you where I've just come from. But as he got in the car, he turned around and looked at me and thought, what's that idiot doing following me? <laughs> <laughs> and I was kind of stood there going, yeah, in a bit, Morrissey, nice one, thanks. Oh, that's oh. quite sweet. I don't Let's imagine you out. getting embarrassed like that. That's so sweet. Well, I, you know, one minute I was thinking, you know, me and Morrissey are going to do a, a photograph. <laughs> the next thing, he's looking at me thinking, why is this idiot following me through the, you know, through the back, and then he gets off and his car and drives off? That's so sweet. I didn't think you were capable of that kind of tender embarrassment, following Morrissey into loneliness, and like, instead of having your photo done all glamorously, just having to stand by some bins, <laughs> looking yeah, at Morrissey then, through a window. And then got locked outside. A war ceremony oh. shouldn't be like that. That shouldn't happen to you, Noel. That was out of order, that you had to endure that. It's embarrassing and awkward. Like, I, which is what well, I, I thought. Well, I, I don't mind, because out of it comes this rather funny story. That's that true. injected into your radio show. There it is. People <laughs> will think, ah, oh, there you go. Isn't that interesting? It's lovely. We've reaped up the benefits of your ridiculous and embarrassing <laughs> professional life there once more. Thank you very now much. Now, here's another thing. Now, another oh, Christ. Thing. Here he goes. You know, your DVD on the extras bit. Oh, yes. You Not know, where it. You, uh, there's, a, there's a bit where we're, we're doing this kind of thing. What? So, oh, um, yeah, yeah, we're like on the radio, from the yeah. Six Music radio show. Yes, yes, yes. There's yeah. a bit where we're talking. There's, there's, there's some bits where you're kind of mm. nervously looking at someone off camera while I'm rabbiting on about something. Yeah, I'm doing that now, Noel. Yeah, yeah. I think he's still yeah, talking. Yeah. Wind it up, Gallagher, for Christ's sake. That's a lovely anecdote about Morrissey. Now no. he's going to start listing things that are in his no, hotel you're room. you're looking at someone, and when the look at your face is kind of going, yeah, I'll get rid of him in a minute. <laughs> when he shuts up, I'll get rid of him. <laughs> no, he's, he's going to carry on. No, that is the face I'm doing now. I've got that face on me now. I'm looking at people. <laughs> if only the, if there were a camera now, here now, it would be capturing that very expression of, oh, God, he's oh. still going on. Well... Can you imagine what hand signed I'm making now? <laughs> <laughs> I bet it's not the a gesture. I bet it's, it's an actual activity. It's universally recognised hand sign of somebody who doesn't have a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an absolute lie. I think what you're probably doing is either actually doing that for real, not miming it, or <laughs> you're like you're pretending to be Henry VIII eating a chicken leg and throwing it over your shoulder, <laughs> recreating <laughs> a Tudor banquet out of sheer loneliness. <laughs> I'm, beheading, <laughs> I'm beheading a wench. Why not? Noel Gallagher, I miss you while you're in other countries, and I can't wait for you to return to Blighty. Thank you very much for I'll your time. I'll be, I'll be back for Christmas. Yeah, back for Christmas, but missing our television show, you selfish man. We're fly, getting, trying to get guests on that show. It's murder. But anyway, thank you very much for coming on this one. You're a lovely man. It's lovely to talk to you. It's a pleasure. Bye, Noel Gallagher. Any point. Bye. Bye, Bye Noel. Yeah, no, we'll talk, we'll call you again. Well, you could be our Australian correspondent and tell us stuff about Australian anti-culture. Yeah, well, they don't have any, do they? No, they don't. It's, you know, so you can tell us about that. Look, look I'm doing that face now, so aggressively, that it's like, yeah. like I, I look like Marcel Marceau being attacked by a Doberman. All right. All right I'm uh, giving you the universe one sign that says... <laughs> oh my god, well, we, that is a beep. Right, thank you very much. Yeah. Noel Gallagher, everyone. Take care, you beautiful <laughs> soul. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Oh, no, There's Noel Gallagher. What should we listen to now, Matty Morgan? Jesus and Mary Chain. Let's listen to the Jesus and Mary Chain. Is that they've based their name on the idea that Jesus' bloodline might still be alive. Jesus and Mary Magdalene had it all, then that begat a child, that begat a child, that begat a child. Jesus and Mary Chain, I that's think a... it might mean the chain, like the chain you wear.
Nah. Religious iconography on it. No, no, it's the Jesus and Mary chain. Mary Magdalene and Jesus. Uh, Jesus had it all, Jesus, according to a Mary theory. Mary was his mum. No, but no, not Mary Magdalene. Magdalene. That weren't his mum. Don't say that about Crikey. Mary. Mum. It's probably blasphemous <laughs> enough that we're suggesting he had sex with Mary Magdalene, Matt. You have to take things too far, don't you? Not the views of the oh, BBC. They were crazy okay. times. <laughs> crazy days, crazy biblical times. Hey, let your hair down, go crazy. No, the idea that Jesus' bloodline live on, like in, as explored by that Da Vinci Code thing and various other Knights Templar type mythology. I wonder if Jesus' progeny were alive. I wonder what those guys would be like. Something to ponder. Probably they'd be good orators, wouldn't they? Confident, long-haired, dashing types, I imagine. Different Russell Brand on Radio 2. What track was that then, Matt? Uh, the Hardest Walk. Ah, oh, the hardest walk. Perhaps that hardest walk is when you traipse behind Morrissey in the vague hope that you're gonna get your photo done with him, only to be left in an alleyway, locked out of an award ceremony, much in the style of Noel Gallagher, well, as you described. Walk, as I had to walk across that stage. Now, that would have been Me, a hard walk. Dear old Lulu. Now, this is a, a timeless Matt Morgan anecdote about the occasion where he, at his, was it art school or university? University. You were at university, all your diplomas were presented by Lulu, who was not an alumni oh, of the college. Well, I mean, all, I mean, everyone's <laughs> diplomas. I don't, I'm surprised you've got any where you carry on. You what have you got? Drama graduate. school. What did you get when you graduated from Well, that shell's thrown out of a week to go, so I've got his tears silk. and recrimination. A spare, special pair of tights. I've <laughs> got a lovely little tutu and a pair of silver ballet shoes. God, that must be awful. The, sh the ceremony of everyone graduating from drama school must be a right show. Thank you for my diploma. <laughs> yeah, a big show-off scenario, that everyone is. Everyone bustling to get up there on the stage. I like that thing you said, Matt, about all the best people are thrown out of drama school and art school. Who like John Lydon, John Lennon, me and you. <laughs> 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 because, like, you know, like, and, the, and the, uh, Matt goes, you'd think that they'd have realised now that all the best people are thrown out of drama school and art school and go, right, that's it, that's terrible, that painting you've done, get out, get, that's it, right out, right out, go on, bye-bye, bye. bye, bye. Psst, oi, come, come round the back, we've got a proper school. You're brilliant. <laughs> Them other idiots were satisfied with conventional art. This is where we do the proper art. Go on, do a wee over there. Not in that urinal, oh my god, that is part of the art. That there was a reference, a very postmodern joke that I've done there. What's he called? Duchamp. Duchamp did. Duchamp, that, yeah. yeah. Duchamp, right, well, done this bit of art, it's just a, uh, just a urinal, and then some other bloke, he come in weed and it goes, that's art, but you know, you've got to draw the line, haven't you? Man's only tinned it, didn't he? It tinned his whoopsie. Yeah. And called it art. Giacometti? Ah, Giacometti did sculptures. Yeah, but I thought he tinned some poo as well. Me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very broad spectrum of <laughs> a, a broad body of work. He left, here and I have done the infant Samuel of prayer, and over there I've just popped in a tuna can. Well, they're both very good. <laughs> I'm very impressed. It's difficult to judge. <laughs> you, could, you could have two rosettes. So, uh, Matt, was at, <laughs> Matt was at his art school. Uh, no, not art school, oh, university. Was the Barbican. It was a huge ceremony. Huge ceremony, was it? Everyone, Great big audience. Yeah. A lot of pomp, a lot of regard. Lulu there herself. I don't know why Lulu was there. Not an alumni of the college. Odd choice, isn't she? she was, I think she they was probably the start who... off thinking, let's yes. get someone re relevant, then work their way down. No, I think she was connected, because it was a big music uh, department at my university, so I think she was something to do with that. Right. Wow. But So she was dressed in a gown and stuff. She, she had a gown and a moorboard on? Yeah. Oh, look, that's ridiculous, isn't it? Like when thing. Prince Charles dresses an admiral, you think, why are you doing that for? 
Well, he has to. Well, he, he is leader, leader of the armed forces, isn't he? Yeah, but still, he should just dress up as a cub. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make sense. <laughs> He's not done any wars. <laughs> Go and do a war. <laughs> Go and join in one of the other ones that is going on around the world. Go on, earn your badge. <laughs> like, like, um, but like, go on. So Lulu's there in a mortarboard and uh, a gown, presenting one by one the diplomas to all the worthy, educated young people of that university. And uh, and as I recall That's the story, <laughs> Matt Morgan there, like, and Lulu's, uh, Lulu's shaking her. They what, what is it? It's on the stage. It's Everyone awful, walks right? up some stairs, across the stage. Lulu's in the middle. She Huge shakes her hand. Stage. She gives you a diploma. The worst thing is your name's read out. You walk from you, oh, it was about twenty meters right. from the side of the stage to where Lulu was. So you've got a little twitchy walk of oh my god, yeah. I'm walking towards Lulu. I'm walking but also because your names and people are clapping, you sort of on that walk sort of feel like you should turn to the crowd <laughs> and go, "Yep, that's me. <laughs> yep, right. I'm Matt Morgan. This is me getting my <laughs> diploma." <laughs> Uh, <laughs> love the clapping thing you're doing there. It's a good celebration of my achievements. So so it's really nerve-wracking because you're waiting to go up and everyone yeah. and, and sort of like just released across that stage. Yeah. And then suddenly it's your turn. And everyone one by one was coming out, coming out with a pithy thing to say yeah. to Lulu. Go, yeah. all right darling, you make me want to shout. Relight my fire, love. All some the lads one by one. Her, some blokes Kissed you know, her, handshake, you know, maybe a hug, two kisses, one kiss each side, one on the lips, he's a cheeky one. All these people doing different little takes of the, of the, of the receipt yeah, of a it. diploma. I, 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 I know, I wonder about that. The social skills to mm. actually enjoy that. Stephen Fry in his it? book talks about people having the ability to join in, you know, like, you know, that's why I can't dance. I can't do, like, social activities where it's all, hey, we're a group of people all having a laugh. I can show off in front of people or I can have a nice one-to-one -one chat. But if you've got, right, okay, we're all going to do this thing together, I think, <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> Help me! Yeah. You know, Russ, Russell Brand at a party is not a pretty thing. <laughs> Ghastly, <laughs> Twitching <isn't> mess. <laughs> Can we go now, please? I was no better when I was on heroin, was I? So, but I, yeah. I think I've got better, actually. No, you are much better now. Yeah. But, like, the other day, that MTV party. Yeah, MTV yeah. rap party. I twitched my way through that little affair, glazed over and confused. Once I realised there was going to be nothing to sedate me through the evening or to entertain me, I thought, oh, crikey. Well, if you don't drink, then... I don't drink. I don't... If you don't drink and you're not uh, trying to chat up girls, what on earth are you going to do? Look out of a window. Eat food. Make a face with an apple, like bite eyes in it and a mouth. That's what I did in the end. How long can you talk to it for? An hour. That's what I discovered. So, um, like, yes, so so anyway, Matt, I'm walking Matt, across the scope. All these so people have done a witty thing. They've all said, all right, Lulu, make me want to shout. Kiss, kiss, hug, hug. Matt reaches the stage. It's his turn. What are you supposed to be nervous the, the and distance towards her, she was smiling at me and. It's such a, uh, that's awkward anyway when it's someone yeah. you know that you, you sort of see them at a distance and yes. then you have to, yeah. all right, and then you're still <laughs> you've walking. You've got to kill that time. Yeah. The walk, yeah, you've got you to think, kill. You yeah. think, I'm walking weird. I'm walking weird. <laughs> my walk looks weird. Lulu's going to judge me on my walk. She'll take back the diploma. And Matt's all yeah, getting more and more nervous on his little walk, going towards her. Oh, here comes a moment. Here comes a moment. No, no, sure. I, no, in my head I said, just say thank you. Just, just say take thank you. the scroll. And, and say, say thank, thank you. you. Simple. Just say thank you. But what did you say? You took a right. hand, shook a hand, and said, Lulu. <laughs> <laughs> Lulu. <laughs> you just said her name at her <laughs> on the stage oh, no. in front of you. Oh, you poor, poor, <laughs> silly, ridiculous boy. There's a similar story about Nanette Newman. I've moved away from the microphone. Nobody panic. Jonathan Ross said, be more avant-garde in your presenting. Perhaps we could try a silent radio. Where's that Nanette Newman lady? She says she went up to Nanette Newman and introduced herself. Oh, here we are. Carol writes, Matt, my. Are the people addressing you now just because you're doing the blog? blog? Can't you put this by me and you? 
No, because it's a lie. Right, all right. Next week's blog should say something along the lines of, Hello, blogsters! I feel <laughs> blogtastic this blog to noon. You know, I'm sure they'd like that sort of thing. Puns. Why don't you write it one day? All right, I will one day. Carol writes, anyway. She goes, Matt, my embarrassing moment with a famous person is very similar to yours. I once introduced myself to, Nine to Nanette Newman as N Nanette Newman. That's a hard <laughs> word. It, can you? No, because it it's like the word mnemonic. It looks like it, all, all, all of the, uh, the consonants are crashing into each other. Nanette Newman. Nanette Newman. Nanette, I feel like I'm going to Paul Hardcastle song. Nineteen. None of us received a hero's welcome, which is a bloody shame because it was a difficult war anyway. And I got addicted to heroin during it. Come back home, don't even get a ticker tape parade. Nanette Newman. Yeah. So I introduced myself to Nanette Newman as Nanette Newman. Everyone laughed. Ah, hello, I'm Nanette Newman. I wonder if she said I'm Nanette because it'd be difficult to say you're so much thinking about Nanette Newman. But mm. when the moment comes, it's just like mine. so you're just thinking. Do <laughs> <laughs> if I was there, I'd have gone. No, I, I'd try. You could go with it. You could just say I am. And by coincidence, yeah. I am called. Now, finally, Matt, you have always lived in your shadow with your name. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's cold here, but, <laughs> but but now we've finally met. Yeah, that is. The, I suppose because your brain, Matt, is such a simple little object. No, it isn't. It must be very complex. All it could come up with your is brain just to announce Lulu. But you, someone you could Lulu as the beginning of a sentence. You could have gone Lulu. It's a pleasure to meet you. Yes. No, no but he didn't say it like that. The, the intonation like, was wrong. You. I he said went, it as Lulu! <laughs> no, I went, you know, imagine, oh yeah, thank you. I went, Lulu. <laughs> Lulu. You said it exactly Lulu. Thank you. You twerp. <laughs> then later, this Nanette Newman lady, Carol, said, later at the same event, I fell over and did a backwards roll into the terrace bar of the Lyric Hammersmith in London. Embarrassing, yes, but also quite camp in anecdote terms. Look, so Nanette Newman just fell over. <laughs> That's silly cow. <laughs> I've never trusted her washing up. Yeah, so there we are. That's some of the embarrassing things that have happened. Let's listen to some, what should we listen to? Put Sid Barrett on. No. Go uh, on, yeah, break your lemonade. Wait, don't. Hardly on the switches. <laughs> you mean that's your old job doing that? You're a bit less anecdotes it's about Lulu, go, young man, and a bit more in charge of the switches. It's my job to do the switches because every other presenter does their own switches. Jonathan Ross does not do his. Jonathan Ross do his own switches, right? No. People are shaking their heads. No, he doesn't well, do his own switches. And you, Wogan, does he do his own switches? Wogan does his Wogan own switches. Does his own switches. Chris Evans, does he? He must do his own switches. Yeah. Uh, Right, well, so I'm with Jonathan Ross. Is there two camps on the matter? I'm in the Jonathan Ross camp. But don't try and understand what I do over here. <laughs> Constantly <laughs> tweaking. It's not alchemy, what you're doing over there. You're not breaking alchemy. through. You're not an alchemist of the airwaves. <gasps> I've come up with purest radio. I turn your radio lead into gold, mate. Ooh, that's friend. quite nice. You've got your credit to him there, but this is the occasion where I have to also announce Matt Morgan being fired from radio too. <laughs> <laughs> being just a bit too smug. Used <laughs> to all confound. <laughs> Matt put his headphones back on. <laughs> it was like Medusa and Princess Leia crossed together. He's got his headphones on, all his hair's all snaked oh, up. You looked so sweet then. Um, yeah. That song is rubbish. Baby Lemonade's not rubbish. It is, it's, it's rubbish. It's I hate Sid Barrett. I oh, you horrible man. He's got childlike him. majesty and beauty like about him. I've got a bike, you can have a There's go a if you want. <laughs> no, I've got a bike, you can ride it if you like. It He's rhymes, got a basket, man. a bell and rings and things that make it look good. I'd give it to you if I could, but I borrowed it. It's not even his bike. The initial premise of the song is undermined by the well, end of the first song, verse. Baby Lemonade. 
I like it. He went well then. It was he on a lot of drugs. Faith Gilmore produced well, all why that. Why do we have to go through it? <laughs> I think it's brilliant. It's, I, I think he's got a beautiful childlike sensibility. I think he can conveys childhood to you. That's what I think he captures the feeling of being a child. I think he does that eloquently and beautifully, rather like the film E.T. does. Like the, the, the moment in E.T. when he when he revealed to his brother and sister that he's found E.T. and he goes, "I'm keeping him." Like that, I think, oh, that's what it's like being a little kid. I'm keeping him. This is like thinking, that's what life's like. I've got this thing. That film famously made Ronald Reagan turn around to Spielberg and say, you don't know how close this is to You're such reality. a div for believing that for it's even true. a second. What that is, that was Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And if you compare those two films, Matt, Close Encounters, a sort of, you know, quite a nuanced, dramatic documentary about the idea of supernatural phenomenon and UFOs. E.T., sentimental puppet show about all daftness Just means an alien. broken Ronald yeah. Reagan went, oh yeah, this is about aliens. Yeah, he took that back close encounters because they're all communicating through vibration and music and, and like, you know, sending the image, the semiotic image of that ET. mountain. Fight, people were screaming at us. the White House and... It, all those facts are true, but it's not about <laughs> E.T. or Muppets it Christmas Carol. It's about... It was <laughs> Short Circuit 2. <laughs> Short Circuit 2 was on. Ronald Reagan turned around to Nixon and he goes, no one knows just how accurate this is. I've got a... That's by Johnny Five. I've I got a... <laughs> He, he sits next to my bed every morning. He makes me a cup of tea. <laughs> He's more really input, chirpy. More input. <laughs> Remember that? He used to read books really quickly. Yeah, there's nothing going on about just a trolley. <laughs> <laughs> more input. Would you like some tea? Yes, yes, whatever you'd like. Um, okay, we, let's have some news, shall we? Right, yeah. um, right. We're going to have a bit of news now. That it's going to be from uh, Boggy. His name is what? Paul Marsh? John Marsh. John Marsh, who's known as Boggy by Wogan. Right. Right then, John Marsh. Would you please be you so kind? John Mask. <laughs> John we... Mask? John Mask? What are you hiding, John Mask? What's going on behind that? Um, I think that let's get him to say a word. Do. What he word? Should, he should say the aliens have arrived. Don't say that! We've got an awesome world's done it and nearly ruined oh, yeah. the civilization. Well, one day, Very Russ, irresponsible. One day, Russ, you will throw to the news and that really will be the news. Yes! No, actually though, because I'll be there as the delegate going, right, they've come now, they've chosen me to be the one that gives off information. There's to be a lot more cuddling. Gives off information. <laughs> <laughs> like because of my skill with language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, thinking that words are pheromones. Um, okay then, let's have a bit of news. Hold on, let's think of a word to get John Marsh to say. Bogs down. Bogged down. His name's Boggy on Wogan yeah, Show. Say boggy or bogged. Boggy or bogged down. Say it on the news, please, Boggy John Marsh. Give our regards to Wogan. We love him. This is 88 to 91 FM. This is Radio 2 from the BBC. I know I said this is twice, but it is Radio 2 from the BBC. That was Frank Zappa, I Am the Slime, in which he condemns what? The idea of modern television? Yes. Did you dedicate that song to me inside yes. your mind, saying that I'm <laughs> slime that oozes from television? Yes. You wicked, vindictive man. Oh, Ollie Jalili is here! Let's create atmosphere! Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, Ollie Jalili. Hello, thanks for coming. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm in a good mood, feel upbeat, optimistic, happy about life. Are you well? I'm well, and I'm, I'm glad to see you've got your own show. Um, I, I don't know if people... Do, do people talk about Russell's stand-up, how brilliant he is as a stand-up here? No, no one ever mentions it. No one ever Russell, mentions it. No. He is, <laughs> we try to keep it quiet. He's visceral, he's, he's 
he's uh, charismatic, he's exciting, he's probably one of the best stand-ups in the country right now. Thank you very much. I thought that has to be said at the beginning. Mm -hmm. High praise from you, Mr. Be nice to me! We'll be lovely to you, it's not in our nature to be cruel to anyone, really, each other a little bit. Now, I don't get to talk about my stand-up much, because, of course, whilst this may have the appearance of typical zoo radio, me with a couple of chumps, I'm actually with a couple of vindictive and spiteful people who are my actual friends and won't ever allow me to celebrate my success and my triumphs. Trevor was a good stand are you doing standing up anymore? Uh, well, I'm on, I'm supporting him, I'm on tour with him. Oh, well, right. good. Um, I seen it, oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Trevor's doing very well, we're in t tonight we're in York, that's why this is pre-recorded oh, at this moment, quick, right, right, now, fine. happening. You're, you're doing a tour right now, are you? I do tour January, February, all the dates, I've got a family and I can't do these big 60, 70 date tour, I do about 25 dates one year, then do another 25 dates, January, February. Did you like doing big proper tours, did it make you feel sexy in rock and roll? I did, but I don't know how long Trevor does, but some of my warm-up back got a bit excited to go to these big 2,000-seat venues. I mean, Hal Crottenden, do you know him? He was on Yes. He did about 35 minutes in Bristol once. He goes, I, I got so excited, I couldn't stop myself. Yeah, <laughs> so, so you excited in the wings, annoyed. I said, get off, come on! So yeah. by the time I'm on, the audience is spent. So they want uh, the toilet, they said, like, well, Trevor always overshoots with the audience, so he can go no, on for hours. I have to stay on. They put me on and they say, say Trev, he's still at West Ham. Stay <laughs> on until you see the light flash. <laughs> <laughs> see the light flash yeah. or a tunnel of light emerge yeah. with Christ at its end, beckoning you <laughs> to your climax. Yeah, well, actually, Trevor, I think you've been a wonderful support act. Yeah, yeah, he never really good. gives me any but trouble. But it's fun, it's fun touring, isn't it? I mean, do you enjoy it? I think I like it. I find it difficult to judge life. You know, like, sort of, like, I'm not very good at categorising things. I sort of see myself just falling through existence, finding it difficult to go, right, do I enjoy this experience? I know I like the actual performing. I don't think I like being in the car travelling there very well, much. Well, you probably see, you, you always, you're one of these rock and roll kind of acts who gets lots of really busty blondes waiting at the stage. I, you see my audience, I've always these two fat mantas in veils. <laughs> <laughs> please have your autograph, please. <laughs> That's all I get. So, it's, it's I not, get it's not well. do you? It's yeah. not really something you look forward to, but I do like the fact that you, you can see your own audience. Because they're the people who really yes. come to see you, and I, I, I can see that they're they're genuinely multi-aged, multicultural audience. Which is, is that really, really, yeah, really, really? So do you get um, people like uh, Muslims, veiled women, etc.? Do they really you come get, to your you gigs? You get everything, and you get them sat next to the army officers. So I've always liked them. It's wonderful to watch it. So it's really weird to get these a real mix of people. Which and you don't. And sometimes jokes, half the audience laugh, half the then the other half laugh, and it's, you can't get them all. Some jokes get them all laughing, but uh, it, it's a very weird experience, but very enjoyable. What I think you do is you generate lots of warmth and charisma. I remember seeing you quite near when I first started doing stand-up, is that you very uh, own a room very easily with a charisma and energy and being uh, sort of bounding and sort of light on your feet and warm and engaging with people. But, uh, that I, was I, 2000, wasn't it? <laughs> you, you started around yeah. 99, 2000. I remember That's you. That's right. Do you? I came to see you twice, actually. I saw you come and do your own show with, uh, you were sharing it with Shafi Khosani. Yeah, Shafi Khosani. Do you remember that? I remember thinking, this guy's really... He's great. He really just needs a bit of experience. I did need some experience, and I certainly got them on me. <laughs> <You know, laughs> they very nearly killed me. You need some life experience. Yeah, I've had those now. Awful business, really, and I, I shan't be doing it again. <laughs> Moena Banks, the writer and partner of David Bouvedeau, and brilliant comedian yes. in her own right, I should add, from Absolutely. She was that little girl one in Absolutely, and she's in Saxon Down and everything. Mm. Uh, she told me that when she came and saw you, that, that, that you were recording your DVD, and something spectacular and unusual happened. Can you imagine yeah, that? Yeah, I, bro I broke my ankle right at the very last second. 
Wow. wow. I usually just do two bows, and then uh, Otis Cannelloni, who was supporting me that night, he's going, go on, do it, it's the Palladium, you can do, do a third bow. And I just sipped some water, just spilled on the ground there. So when I, I said, okay, I'll do a third bow. And I thought I'd do a, a big flourish, I'd jump up. But as I went down, I slipped on oh. the, the water, and my leg, you know how you twist your leg over like that? Mm. I went over 100 degrees and snapped the ankle. Oh, and, on uh, stage. I snapped in the last second of the tour, very last second, so I snapped. It, it took me six months to recover. Oh, you poor thing. That's sort of like a minor injury Tommy Cooper yeah. situation. Yeah. But I've got right a little DVD extra. I do a made a deal. The making of the breaking off. So it's, it's very exciting. So really, what's your case? What do you have to do? Lie down in agony for a bit on the floor? What, how did you, what happened? Well, what actually happened, I, I fell down. Everyone thought it was a great but unnecessary bit of, you know, physical <laughs> comedy. <laughs> but then, uh, then my, uh, technician thought, let's get some belly dance. and put some music on. trying to get me to dance. And I, and I tried to dance with a broken leg. Oh. And then I thought, forget it, and I went off. And yeah. then I started dry retching in, in the dressing room. Because of the sheer pain? Sheer pain. It, it happens oh. when, you, when you snap it, just, it just, the whole, the, the, all the hormones in your body just rush around uh, everywhere and you just feel immediately sick. So I was going, I was going, like that. That's horrible, isn't it? Dry retching. I like it. It was horrible. It was really horrible. And, um, At least wet retching, exactly. you've got the result. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay, yeah. I've retched and I've got this. Yes. Matt Morgan was spent this morning being sick for some reason. I don't mm. know what's wrong with him. Yeah, I've been sick for ages. Why are you being sick for? Um, What's wrong with you? Is it your lifestyle? Alcohol or something I ate. <laughs> I, I'll come on with I wonder what That's it could be of those two. Ridiculous way to live. But like, at least you've got a lovely DVD extra out of that. Yes, I have. So the reason that Morwenna told me that is because me and you was doing some acting together in a programme. Yeah, we did a pilot, didn't we, for ITV? Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. You were wearing an unusual wig, Omid. I had a Russell Brown wig, yeah. Yeah, you did, and I thought you looked rather fetching. You thought I looked sexy, didn't you? Yeah, I did actually. I found you sort of alluring, and when you were getting makeup done, I sort of I find you alluring anyway. The thing about you makes me want to get on your lap. <laughs> I got you've got that sort of feeling. Okay. No, I don't want to then sort of like sort of pull my trousers down. Or anything. I just want to be on your lap, perhaps just loosely with my arms around your neck, oh, like lovely. I'm an orangutan pet. Oh, that's lovely. That's a lovely. I, I like that. That's how I regard you, Omi. Do you can judge for yourself whether or not. Well, that's thank healthy. you so much. I look forward to that happening. One day. It will. It's inevitably going to probably happen during this song. Why don't you put some music, then we'll come back, we'll talk a bit about Ormid's film career. Um, mostly what we want to talk about is if embarrassing things that have happened to you when you've met famous people. Yeah, plenty of those. Oh, good, good, because you've met loads. Right, what are we going to listen to, Mafu? Little Richard. Little Richard? What, Long yeah. Tall Sally? Yeah. I like Long Tall Sally. Is that where he goes, I'm going to tell Aunt Mary about Uncle Bald John? Head Sally. She sounds like a strange woman. I don't know why he got involved. Uncle John. It's all euphemisms though, isn't it? It's euphemisms. Well, it has to be. Well, it like my dingling, that chat's got to be double meanings. Yeah. Long talk, jive Sally, talk. she's... Jive talk. <laughs> jive talk. I don't know, is it? <laughs> I, I like this jive talk <laughs> that Fiddy sent us. Bally good stuff, <laughs> a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's have a listen to uh, Little Richard. We're here with Omid Jalili, we're talking about, hello mate. Um, what, what do you, right, so Trevor thinks that that song Long Tall Sally was somehow euphemistic. Are we gonna have some fun tonight? Fair enough, that doesn't sound like a euphemism, pre pretty bald plainly. Bald Head Sally, dunk back in the alley. Uh, he says Bald Head Sally. Does he so. say, I thought he just said long haired. He goes Bald Head, says, Bald Head Sally, jump back in the alley, and then there's something about Uncle John. Well, Uncle I John. I just think it's a story. Uncle Trevor reckons it's all it's sexual about euphemism. Trevor, you poison everything. I'm not poisoning you everything. Do I'm, no, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a searcher. I'm a questioner. And yeah. I think, well, that's the surface meaning, but you are a pervert. It, I'm not. Is what you are. No, Trevor. I'm with Trevor. I think Little Richard's filth. He <laughs> <laughs> should be banned from the airwaves. It's surely. rock and roll. What is rock and roll? That's that's a phrase we know about, isn't it? What is the rhythm of? <laughs> 
Well, that's rock and roll means. Rock and roll means. Um, no. Yes, it does. No. Does See, it rock and roll? It's, how's your father? Gee, our resident poet is agreeing, but why would we trust you, you filthy beatnik? What? It's an old blues song. Rock and roll, it's a ro Rock me, from Rock me. Yeah. Rock me? Yeah. Oh my word, oh, did you know about all this? I didn't know, but it's all making me very excited. <laughs> <laughs> I do, it's, I'm getting rather flustered, Trevor. I didn't know you could make me feel like this. Oh, I I want to know about, uh, Anything to tell us, I'd say anything. <laughs> Alright, <laughs> tell us about embarrassing things that's happened when you've met a famous people. You've done things with Ollie Reed, didn't you? Well, yeah, that Ollie Reed did, that was famously, there was a scene where he grabs my balls oh. and, uh... Yeah, Ollie Reed, was he, what was he like? Did he do it? It was good, it was, I was so scared of him, I, I avoided him for the first few days and mm. then, uh, what happened was, the scene was that Ridley Scott wanted me, him to grab my balls and, and say, you saw me queer giraffes. You saw me what? Queer giraffes? You saw me queer giraffes. And then he, <laughs> he said to me, I'd be happy with any giraffe. I didn't know, it was, it was all a joke, because the people, uh, the, there was the same crew on The Mummy, the five or six people who knew me, and they, and they basically set me up. They, they told uh, Oliver Reed, tell him if he's a method, ask him if he's a method actor. I said, oh, yes. And he said, why did you say that? Oh, because yeah. I thought, I'd, I'm not, really, but he said, uh, are you method? I said, yeah. He goes, well, do you mind if I really grab your balls? So he held my balls. And he held them even between the takes as oh. a joke because he knew I was so scared. So they go action. He saw me quid off. Cut. And he hold onto my balls. He goes have a cup of tea, do his makeup. <laughs> and it took three or four takes before it was, it was a joke. Basically, what method it. is that? The Joe Orton method. I don't know how you can justify doing <laughs> that. No, but that, that was a weird. I also met um, Gwyneth the first time I met Gwyneth Paltrow in the film Sky Captain. I just run out of underwear. And I was wearing my son's... <laughs> what happened are you going through a day? <laughs> oh, it sounds like yeah. you had nine pairs of pants a day. I was. Oh, no! <laughs> I was wearing my son's Speedos, and she saw me, like, plucking at my... just the, the, the front of the groin. And she goes, yeah. what are you doing? I said, I'll just... Uh, hello, my name's Omid. And she goes, why are you, why are you doing that? I said, I'm just wearing my son's Speedos. So every time she looked at me, I was like, I was plucking like that. Well, because they were tight and restrictive. Yeah, yeah. And then, and, and, I, and then I got to a point, I thought this is, it's gone beyond a joke, so I think I'll stare I'll at, I'll stare at her. Knickers. I'll stare at her while mm. I'm doing that. So I kept, every time during lunch, I'd look at her Why'd you do that, that for? That's but a terrible it decision. Beyond, it was a bad comedic decision. <laughs> terrible choice, Just <laughs> stare at her while I pulled my groin forward. And she just thought I was very weird. But she <laughs> What a terrifier. You've embarrassed her. This is meant about you being embarrassed. It's you <laughs> terrifying <laughs> a beloved and brilliant <laughs> actress. Is it, then the, the, the best one, uh, it's a famous one, is when I, I met Robert Redford. Uh, and that's a little tip in the film Spy Game. And a little tip for when you meet someone famous, never try to be funny too quickly. Cause I right. Cause don't. I, just don't, be normal. Just, don't, just be normal, because I was introduced to him, and I was so nervous. Yeah. I thought I'd crack a gag. And, right. and, and I, I stayed in character. It was Tony Scott, Ridley Scott's brother, said, oh, yeah. this is Omid playing uh, Dumay in the film. He goes, oh, What right. was the character of Dumay like? It was all right. It was just this Arab bloke who was a CIA operative, and he just said, uh, oh, he goes, it's very nice to meet you. And I said, Mr. Redford, may I say, I'm a big fan, and you are the best thing in Hawaii 5.0. It's my best show. You are great. He just took one look at me. He goes, thank you, because you were great in Dr. Zhivago, but you've let yourself go. Which I thought was very quick. I had <laughs> no comeback. I had no comeback. No, I just went, and walked off. That was it. So, Well, you, you walked into that, I think. I think I in did, both yeah. of these situations, you are the antagonist. It's my fault, everything. Yeah, I was I, just I'm nervous. beginning to feel more sympathetic towards Oliver Reed. <laughs> <laughs> grabbing your balls. Do you know that conversation where he goes, like, are you method? Does that sort of thing go on in the world of film? Like, are you method? As if method acting is a clandestine cult. He was, he was joking, because uh, there was a time back in the... 70s and 80s, they used to say, "Are you method?" Really? To, to try and unsettle people, and usually people said yes. Uh, to see, if like... they can, see if they can take how far they can take the scene, and mm. how far can you feel trust that I can really go for it. But yeah. here he said, "Are you method?" Just trying to get at my balls. <laughs> that was the idea. So I fell into. Sounds that like the best method of all, really, if you yeah. get access to people's ghoulies. Exactly. Hmm. So, because like, yeah, I want to do a bit more of the old acting. 
and I did. I am actually method. I went to a method acting school, drama centre yeah. in London. The method acting school. The method acting school of this country. A lot of time crying in the nude for that. You know, <laughs> that was after school. Actually, I didn't. I didn't have to do that. Why are you looking at me? Why are you sneering, Morgan? Because uh, surely you know you can't go and be. A taxi driver. If you're playing a taxi driver, so you could. You can. Yeah, that's what yeah. some people do. They get well, a job. That's as a taxi what you're driver. meant to do. Yeah. And like, it, what? Like, but what? For like work experience for a day, or do you have to? Go or you could do it for longer. It's up to you. I suppose you could decide yourself. Can you? I mean, have you ever done anything like that? You've gone right. I'm being a slave trader. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be difficult to research, but you well, know the part demands it. It's weird. I met someone else from the drama centre. Actually, we were doing a play back in '89, and he decided that he he did animalise his character as a monkey, and he right. wouldn't come on stage. We couldn't find him. We found him literally hanging upside down from the rafters, going ooh, 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 and, and people kept saying, Clive, come down, Clive, come <laughs> Which down. Which must have confused because that's the name of Clint Eastwood's sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. No, but he wouldn't come down, and he, and he wouldn't come out of character. He wouldn't, he stayed out there as a monkey. That would annoy me, because I wouldn't accept that he actually thought he was a monkey. Yeah, he did. But come on, mate, get down. Exactly. Don't be daft, have a banana. You know, you'd have to find a way of coaxing him out of it. wasn't actually playing a monkey, he was playing a man who was- He was playing a man who just animalised his character. Yeah, to help you change your physical form. Does a lot of sketches with me in our TV show, and he is actually a very brilliant, natural, comedic actor. Mm. But he don't know about things like this. So what you do, say like that you're playing a character, right? If you're me and I will, you know me, I gangle about like a little chimp. But if I was playing a character that was meant to be tough and hard, I'd maybe go right, okay, I'll animalise that character mm. as a bear. I'll think of it. So I'll start. I'll go to a zoo, have a look at a bear, watch a David Attenborough program about bears, exactly. and then sort of like get the movements of a bear, and then it's kind of inform a little bit the way you hold yourself and the way you move. And if you could see me now. Listeners, I'm motioning like a polar bear, and it's quite intimidating. Mm -hmm. So that's how it works, isn't it, Omid? Very well put. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Do you do anything like that, like yourself? No. You just turn up, be all cheeky, no, get I just, by on I, charm. I said, what, the, what accent do you want me to do now? Is it well, always the same one? Okay, let's go for <laughs> <laughs> that one. Yes, we would like that one, Mrs. Julie, if you don't mind. We'd like you to simplify complex relationships <laughs> between us and people in the Middle East. Oh, fine, totally <laughs> good. Yeah. I actually had one bit in a film. I'm not joking, I had one line where yeah. I got dragged away to my death, <laughs> shouting, It wasn't me who stole the grain! <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That's all I had to do. Dragged to your death, it wasn't me who stole the grain. Yeah, yeah, all yeah, way yeah. to go. If you just been about to be killed, you'd say, It wasn't me! Yeah. yeah. Go, but who stole, stole the grain? grain. <laughs> you know the grain thing? <laughs> yeah, you'd let that bit go. Just focus on the main issue there mm. of your innocence yeah, and protestation exactly. about that. <laughs> Yeah, you listen to Radio 2, I'm Russell Brand here, of course, with Omid Jalili and Matt and Trevor, they're still here, God rest their souls. It's a good atmosphere here, you have a good <laughs> time here, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. do, yeah, it's because it's natural. You know, like, I suppose some mm. radio shows, it's the uh, appearance and affectation of friends, we are actually friends with each I other. I can feel that, it's very good. Yeah, we spend all our time together, it's actually quite depressing <laughs> and difficult for us. Now, uh, what do we want to talk to you about then? Oh, I wanted to say something very important, I think it was about the government. Oh yeah, that's it, don't trust them. Oh! That government, oh, Vone, it wasn't that at all. It was saying about you, oh, mid, oh, mid. What do I want you to tell me about now that Stop you're here? playing with your groin. Stop playing with your. Yes, I mean, like, you know, I can't you believe I told that, that story. I shouldn't have oh, said yeah, that. you regret selling those stories to us. Yeah, it was a bit, that's a bit too revealing. He plays with his all the time, right? I do, actually, regardless of whether I'm wearing your son's speedos or not, <laughs> which most days I am. I'm um, like, yeah, I just sort of. I'd, if he's excited or he's got something to say, he goes, <laughs> and holds onto it like jab a child. Him and touch at my genitalia. Yeah, but not in a sexual or erotic way, just in it's a comfort way. Erotic. My dad does that. Mike, whenever it's too hot, he goes, oh, it's so hot. And he grabs the <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to help, but that's going to make a motto, if anything. My dad exactly. limps when he's got a sore throat. 
He lives when he's got a sore throat. Just, yeah. That's bonkers. That's like that Edward de Bono man who mistook his wife for a hat. The man who mistook his cough for a limp. It's yeah. not Edward de Bono. Mistook that's, that's, uh, it Oliver is. Sachs. Oliver Sacks, is it? Edward de Bono. Six thinking hats. Six thinking hats. Wow, and I oddly spoonerismed that. <laughs> it is, uh, yeah. I've got six thinking hats, <laughs> well, um, and I'm not married to any of them. <laughs> this one seems to have more influence than the other five. All right, dear, I'll be up in a minute. <laughs> what he done? He'd hidden his wife under one of them, and then he shuffled them. But find the lady. Yeah. Find that. That's no lady. That's my wife. But is it's that... a very nice hat as well. It can double as both. It's good insight into the way your mind. Is it? Information. How? Hat books. Hat books. <laughs> They're all by the same person. Right. <laughs> They're books about hats. This'll do. I'll put that in the hat book file inside my noggin. There you go. There'll be no troubles inside of there. I must say, you're all friends, but I now feel really left out. No! Ahmed! Let's give all the attention everyone. Ahmed! <laughs> do you get a bit bored of being in this country's Iranian comedian stand-up A little bit, yeah. Why? Um, because people- do people phone you up and go, Right, there's been some terrorism. Will yeah, you they do, actually. Me? They do, yeah. They all. I get. I, I switch my phone off whenever there's uh, something big happens. I switch the phone off and I get about twenty messages from Radio Five Live. Could you comment on this? Comment on that? No, I can't be bothered. Right, and that shows the lazy way yeah, people think. It certainly makes up for my Edward de Bono mishap. If every time there's something involving terrorism, get on the drillingly on the phone. Well, do you know what they called he me? He probably did it in nineteen <laughs> exactly in nineteen ninety eight. They called me up. They were, they were saying, "Hello, this is the Sunday Times, and we want to interview you because you've come from Iran and you're <laughs> storming the comedy circuit." So uh, I said, "Sure." Goes, so where were you born? I, said, I was born in London. She goes, "Do you speak your English is good?" I said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm a Londoner, really." She goes. But what about that accent? She goes, can I, can I call you back? And they called her back and they said, no, we've spiked, we don't want the interview anymore. Because we, we thought you'd just come off the boat from Iran and you stole me. I said, that'd be front page news. Yes. They genuinely thought I'd just come off the boat. <laughs> bizarre. He's lovely, this guy. He's really adapted very quickly. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He stole me. So yeah, that must be a little bit annoying then to be uh, sort of tokenism. Okay. But you've got to, but the fact that you've got to just keep going, uh, keep going and have longevity so people can see it's not just an accent. There is actually a viewpoint, which is what BBC bought now. I'm doing my own show for BBC. I oh, bought yeah. my own. When's it on telly? Uh, we're shooting in April, so I don't know when it'll be on. Probably it's okay. It's be on soon. End of the year, autumn. End of the year, 2009 or something. I don't know. Trev wants to know what it is. Sketches and stuff. It's like Dave Allen, stand up and sketches. Oh, oh that's good. We be, will you sit down? We have a glass of water like yeah. he did. You're yeah. sat down on a stool. Instead of chopping my finger off, I'll chop off my beep. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I think uh, it'll be. I haven't quite decided. The pilot, I stood up and did some stand up, but we are thinking about sitting down. I've got my own. Uh, catchphrase at the end, like he's a, good, good, he's a good night and may your God go with you. I can't tell you what mine is now, but it's, oh, it, it's, it's a cracker. Yeah. Is it? It's something like I think people are, gonna be, people are gonna be saying, yeah. Oh no, I'm excited now, I wanna know, I can't even really I cope. Think, what could it be? I think he just says, oh F all this, F the police, F the queen. <laughs> <laughs> good night, yeah, <laughs> I'm on with Jalili, come on! That's very good, it's something like that actually. Sounds alright. Um, you went on question time, is it any good? I didn't go on question time. Didn't you? You're mistaking me for Jimmy Carr. They never had Jimmy Carr on Question Time. Yeah, they did, yeah. I thought they had you on Question Time in an Iranian tokenism fashion. They, they asked me, but I said no. Because Why? I don't know, I've got nothing what, to say. to talk about, sort of. Well, it depends. If, if, there's, if there's a hot issue, but I think they were talking about stuff that I wasn't particularly interested in. Oh, right. Okay, that's a shame you didn't go. Have on. you done it? Are you going to do it? If they ask me, I'm on it. Yeah, if I get an opportunity to show off and be all grand 
about yeah. the th- oh, I'm there, right? Because remember, when I got arrested at Mayday Right, when I was still mm. a junkie, me and Matt were out doing making a TV program. I got like arrested at Eros, stripping naked, and the police sort of dragged me off of Satchel of Eros. I was all nude, and we were ridiculously tiny little drugged winky. And then like sort of they dragged me sort of like into a doorway, and like the sort of there was all sort of media people, press and stuff there. And I was like on MTV then, but like sort of I didn't really have a public profile. But like sort of people seen that arrest, and I was in a doorway, and I looked slightly elevated. And it's like um, I remember actually this really sort of tall, noble-looking black man with dreadlocks had come and sort of stood by me in this sort of like very sort of looked very sort of symbolic. And I was thinking in my little drugged brain that he was a guardian angel. And all these sort of <laughs> press people started thrusting microphones at me, going, "Oh, young man, what do you think about all this? Uh, you know, sort of capitalism." <laughs> it was not like Monty oh, Python. I'm glad this has happened. I've been meaning to get a few things off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to say. No, I, I went, right, okay, bloody government, oh, that makes you sick, doesn't it? And uh, capitalism, that's got to change for a kickoff. Went off on this great big diatribe. But I think you'd probably find Matt, because you were very cynical about me and my belief system. Probably. Through the drugs and ego. We were there to make ego. a telly program. We, we were taking part in a riot for the fun of it. <laughs> I love riots, though. I used to. Okay, I mean, I do get exhilarated in a riot. I like it when you, your identity is immersed into a crowd. I find mm. it very exhilarating. That is exciting. First one I went to it was uh, I went to inadvertently. It was for the Liverpool Dockers. I just came off the tube. <laughs> the tube weren't working. It was Liverpool Dockers where they were doing a protest march through Trafalgar Square. Because of course the tube weren't working. I thought, what's going on? And so I went upstairs and it was all like the hustle and bustle in the street. And the police were there, but the police weren't in control. And I was like, <laughs> just sort of getting excited because because it's like I think if you're suppressing constantly internally a sense of like not fitting in and like, mm. like you might constantly explode to see that represented palatably Absolutely. in the streets, exhilarating. And like there's all sort of, these horses wearing sunglasses things, and there are people and like policemen with shields. I just got all carried away. So if you'd have been nicked that day, you'd have gone, yeah, the docks are a mess, and <laughs> oh, I can't afford a new dress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this dock, right? I've been down the dockers, and, and they're not as good as chinos, and something should be done about it, right? Oh, but uh, you know, I, I don't. Yeah, admit that. I suppose the problem is with me is that I've got really quite passionate political views yeah. and very little understanding. So I'm sort of sort of like, oh, right? I believe in Marxism. Oh, and what does that mean? He had a beard. I know that something's wrong with the world. I know consumerism ain't right. I know we should be listening to the spirituality with and not being so egotistical, but I'm probably the worst exponent of that lifestyle on the planet currently. So that's difficult. Are you politicised, Omid? I am, and that's what my, sh- my show will be about, the unity oh. of mankind, the oneness of religion, and th- how we should all just chill out and be lovely to each other. Really? Yeah. Do you think, do, does the human race have a chance? Mm, absolutely, I believe that the world peace is an inevitability. Really? You think yes. it will inevitably happen? Yeah, it has to Why? Be. Because that's the way the world is going, and I think people don't realise that there are forces of integration and disintegration. There has to be good and bad, and for us to reach a goal where there's a golden age of peace, there has to be troubles. It's like marriages. I mean, if you want to get if you want to get through it, to get to the final good stage of marriage, you've got to go through a lot of crap. So Right, okay. We're, we're, in, we're in mankind's adolescence right now. Right, well, I thought so. That explains why I've been spending so much time in my bedroom and my sock drawers in a state of perpetual endless adolescence. So, okay, but you think that we will reach a golden age, but we have to go through cataclysm first. It's Armageddon. Like a, it's like a baby when, when you grow up, and we, we, we're now in the, in the very turbulent adolescence where you're worrying about your sexuality, you've got spots on your face, and, and I think we're in a state of immaturity. Really? Yeah, that's and, the one, so. and we will mature into a, a more placid middle age and have a bit of a sit down. Basically, yeah. 
Well, I hope so. I mean, no, 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 not have a sit down. That's when mankind's true creativity will flourish, and will and, and we'll see the true um, potentiality of each each human individual mm. grow and flourish. Well, I hope I get to have a good part during this revolution. Mm -hmm. I've been a damn shame if I've turned up and missed the best bit. What are you doing, to reclining, Trevor? Have you got views on this? You're always into utopias and revolution and the like. I, I, I agree with Omid, but I think it's uh, many years in the future. I yeah, don't, I don't think we'll years. be around. Oh yeah. no! But right now we're in, we're in the tough. This is a very tough yeah. period. Typical, mm. typical of me to exactly. exist in a time mm -hmm. like this. You all right, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to comment on the old utopian revolution ideas. I think it'll be another few hundred years until Matt's, Matt Morgan's views right. there on a utopian it's revolution. All right, let's have a, a listen to a bit of a song. What? Oh, hello. Ah. Omid, do a date. Omid, right, I guess this. Omid, you've got to go and look after children, don't you? I do, yeah. They are yours, are they? Yeah, they are. Just <laughs> right. otherwise, it's an oblig one obligation too far. Right, so there's someone just someone to play. In January, you can see Omid in Oxford, Iwickham, Halifax, Finchley, Salford, Dartford. This tour is badly organised, mate. It's, it's all, all over the, over the country. It's yeah. ridiculous. Who are you with? Who's looking after this tour? Bound and gagged. I could drive a bus through that. I <laughs> this tour. I'd like to reorder these dates, but that's January. February, Newbury, Sheffield, Wimbledon, Hay, Stafford, London, Camberley, uh, Tehran, St Albert. I just threw Seven that in. Days. I threw that in because you see, now. Just <laughs> go to my website, www.omidnoagenda.com. Go right. to Omid No Agenda, although, ironically, he has got an agenda, <laughs> and that's to give you his tour dates. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's a very clearly stated. Thank you very much for coming. Thank Omid you. Omid Jalili there. Yeah. Goodbye. Lovely people. People. Thank you, it's been lovely to have you. What should we listen to, Matty Morg? Zeppelin. Yeah, Zeppelin, let's turn on Zeppelin. Zeppelin. Yeah, on. let's go. go. This is for you, Omid Jalili. So, um, ah, oh, that's like Nicola, who does my makeup, she's just had a little baby. It's called a girl. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's called Hermione. Now, we did say oh. to her not to call it anything from pop culture currently. She was either going to call it, what was she, what were Harry the, Potter. She's going to call it Harry Potter. <laughs> Hermione, you know, she thought she has had some odd zeitgeisty suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it lovely? She had to go for 40 hours of labour and then 40? she had 40, 4 0, then she had to have a caesarean at the end of it. Oh, God. That's a pain in the arse. Might as well have had the caesarean in the it's beginning. Not the arse, mate. Yeah, yes. No, <laughs> well, unless I'm very confused about sex, Matt, that's precisely what goes on. I don't know. That's <laughs> how so I've been conducting my affairs. No, it's lovely, isn't it? I'm really glad she's had a baby. We'll have to go and see her, get her a present and everything. Yep. What do you get a baby though? They don't want anything, do they? Little booties. Buy her a present. Knit some booties. Booties for, and we'll get her a present as well. Let's get something really ostentatious and flash. Like let's for turn the baby. up with it. Yeah, let's turn up like Elvis and like wear, wearing big gold satin suits. <laughs> Go here, we've bought you this thing. <laughs> We're no use to you whatsoever. That's lovely. So happy birthday to that baby, baby Hermione, that Nicola, the makeup lady's had. But anyway, that's probably quite a. That the, the listenership of that particular issue is probably nine or ten people that are actually affected by that. So what we're talking about, hero worship. Were we? We were talking about, oh no, not hero worship, embarrassing blunders in front of heroes more likely. We've got some emails and stuff there. Oh yeah. Well, go on Matthew, read out an email, see if you can do it professionally. Uh, let me have a go. Already rubbish. Jilly Prime. That's good, isn't it? Jilly Prime. Jilly Prime. Jilly Prime, I think of her, a, a girl in a blazer with a lacrosse stick going, now look here, you! I think oh. of Optimus Prime from the Transformers, but a girl version. A girl version of Optimus Prime, That's a robot, I think. don't think about it anymore. 
Uh, well, Jilly Prime, the robot, so <laughs> this isn't actually to- she corresponded, right, with a celebrity. When she I was called. 16, mm. getting bored, revising for GCSEs, I started writing to Stephen Fry. Yeah. I always got really nice replies, but when I- s this is weird, I sent him a form to join my Vegetarian Stock Cube Society. What, not society? Silly. It's not gonna go anywhere. It came back with loads of spelling corrections on it. I still cringe about it to this day, 17 years later. So, that's lovely, and that- you'd expect that of Stephen Fry, that he's received that form. From oh, did a girl of 16. Oh, no, no, this won't do. No, I'm not going to tolerate this mangling of the English language. <laughs> <laughs> Sends it back corrected. Vegetarian That's lovely. Stock cubes, a oh, society. Why do you need a society? You don't need a society, because that is too many disparate ideas. Vegetarianisms, or perhaps the singular will do, and, uh, cubes? Why is geometry getting dragged into all this? Like, you know, that doesn't require a society. That barely requires a handshake or a nod of the head, does it? That. That can exist happily within the vegetarian society. What kind of fragmentation has occurred where they've gone, we can't exist under the umbrella of the vegetarian society anymore. It's, it's like the, the INLF and the IRA. No, no, no. It's become too diverse. <laughs> we need our own vegetarian stock cube site. Our demands are simple. We want vegetarian stock cubes. And why does a 16 year old girl run in that society? That's what they did though, the, in the sixth form, that's what you find really funny, to come up with obscure societies. That no, is you that. don't. Yes. I didn't yes, go to sixth form. Well. You wouldn't know them, would you? I just left school, I didn't try and drag it out. What were you doing? What society did you start up? I Grow st your hair <laughs> too bleeding long, but keep it in the style of a Lego man society. I started <laughs> up the uh, Christian Society at University College London. Never. Yeah, which was an atheist uh, philosophy department and um... What, so you called it the Christian Society? To wind up the snub to God. Not to God, as a snub to the atheists who run the philosophy department. God, what a complex prank. They were really upset. To wind up atheists that run a philosophy department, might as well just smashed one of them in the face with a frying pan <laughs> and called it surrealism and showed them a postcard by Andre Breton and go, yeah, get your laughing gear around that. I could have done that, I suppose. Ridiculous way to conduct. A little bit more trouble. <laughs> yeah, it'd have been a bit more reckless. Matthew, I can't imagine you starting any kind of society. What's that, dear? Yeah? A society where people sat grunting in their own filth, giggling at the breeze. No, that's not one I started. <laughs> God, I did you used to... Do that thing where you painted little men. Oh yeah, you did, didn't you? Now yeah. that's it. Yeah, well, little, little figures, obviously not. Yeah, not, not the little people. No, no. Uh, not dwarves. Weren't troubling jockeys. <laughs> so we got what, what was it? Dungeons and Dragons. No, that's what nans say. Oh, was that your Dungeons and Dragons? You like Dungeons dear? and Dragons, don't you, dear? <laughs> what is it? I then? say it when nans say, "Oh, you Star Trek was on. Come down, Star Wars is on." <laughs> this is a very that. specific thing to hate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You run all the way downstairs. Star Wars on the telly, and it was oh, Star, Trek. Oh, Star Trek. Oh, it's the same sort of thing, isn't it? No, it's not. There's very distinct differences, grandmother. <laughs> now I'm off upstairs to work on my society for blow-offs. <laughs> ridiculous way to live your life. Yeah, they, when they don't. Oh, go on, you're like that. I don't like it when your mum tries to matchmake you. In of a friendship with oh someone. Dear. Yeah, go on, you'll get on with him. He's the same age as you. I don't think so. I'm not a good mixer, mother. You just leave me up here with Bubba Fett and the rest of my <laughs> Star Wars. What about Nicola, the makeup lady who's just had a baby? Yeah, what's that? Oh, you met Morrissey. Oh, he's your favourite. I love her for saying that. How is? I told her I met Morrissey. She goes, hey, oh, oh, he's your favourite. Oh, what is? Yeah, but her same favourite. She no. reminds me of my nan. That's why I love her because mm -hmm. like she's got that same sort of way. She just sort of goes. 
and rolls her eyes at me when I'm being really disgusting yeah. and weird. She just sort of accepts me. I feel safe around Nicola. Nicola is a, she'd be a good mother because she yeah. has maternal yeah. matriarchal, not matriarchal, but maternal values, mm. I would say, about her. Well, that'll be really handy when she's a mother. <laughs> yeah, better than She'll having... be a good mother, she's got maternal values. <laughs> also, she has a, a porcine aspect. <laughs> she has the aspects of the swine. She hasn't, she's lovely. Go on then, Trev, read out an email. Oh, yeah, well, this, this is an interesting one from, uh, Ione. Why uh, are you saying that like that? That's how you Jimmy pronounce- Savile. That's how you pronounce Ione. Don't talk like Jimmy Savile, Trev. I'm not talking like Jimmy well, Savile. There's an interesting one here, actually. I've got an interesting letter That's here not, from a young lady <laughs> called Ione. <laughs> no, I'm doing a regional accent because she's Scottish, well, isn't she? Get well, on with it. The region was Jimmy Savile's mouth. No, it wasn't. <laughs> a, couple, on, a couple of years ago, I saved the bloke's life on a tube <laughs> and he repaid me by a. What a smarties. <laughs> I don't what know. toilet roll. Well, it's, it's confusing. Was he on a tube because he was poorly mm. uh, or was he she's on in a. Scotland, there's no tube. Yeah, they well, have a tube. She's Scottish. She's moved down to she's London, so many of them do. Well, we should stop that for a start. And, uh, well, you know she's Scottish. Where is this? She's called Ione. What? That's what you're basing it on. You can't yeah. judge That's people That's a Scottish, Trevor. That's a Scottish uh, island, isn't it? Yeah, well, they're people. Hold on, mate. Now, look here. Well, you, you can't here. just immediately people have a name after a type of island say that they're from that place. I think it's a reasonable assumption to make. It's a ridiculous it's assumption to make, isn't it, Matt? Right. Well, then we'll just read it out in my normal, normal voice. No, do a regional accent, but it might as well be random. You might as well do a Papua New Guinea accent. I don't know that one. A couple of years ago, I saved a bloke's life on a tube and he repaid me by sitting me down to a meal with his family. That's an unusual repayment, isn't it, for saving somebody's life? Yeah, an awkward social well, situation. Yeah, yeah, difficult. That is not a good repayment. That's worse, in a way. It, well, she saved his life, and he goes, how can I repay you, come round here and have dinner around someone else's house, like when you're yeah. a kid, and other people's houses, you don't like the smell of it, and you don't like the dinner that they have. And I didn't like going... been having that dinner anyway. We didn't go out of his way, did we? Yeah, let's <laughs> exactly. go have dinner. It's just, well, everyone's got one less fish finger. Yeah. Who cares? But there's a sort of nobility to it as well, isn't there? There's a sort of simplistic sort of, uh... You like law, that? Yeah, sort of like a law of karma. It's like, well, you were in the position to save my life. I'm, I'm in, in the, the position to give you some fish fingers. Well, I'd want something better. I'd yeah. want at least well, the electric. You know, you're both presuming they get fish fingers. Well, <laughs> creepy. <laughs> <laughs> People like those, Matthew. Uh, I have it on good authority. Get on with that email. We never yeah, get on with it, Trevor. Well, it doesn't happen. She had some dinner. That's she, what you chose. You a woman saved someone's bit. life and well, got some she, dinner. First of all, she should have been a little bit more detailed about how she saved the bloke's life. What was yeah, that's the interesting part of the story. Surely the most interesting bit. What was threatening it? What happened on that? To do. The interesting part he of the story. He had a fit. I reckon he had a fit. No, I don't. Oh, he swallowed his tongue. No, 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 no. I reckon it's much more. I reckon she saw something that he didn't see and created a diversion and then, you know, that's what saved him. It's ridiculous. Trevor, well, your the point, point is, the point is you think she's called from Scotland because she's called Ione. Now you think she created a diversion. Well, you live your life in an extraordinary well, I fashion. I think he was choking. I think he was choking. She yeah. did a Heimlich manoeuvre on him. Yeah. Maybe. That's not... Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, the, basically the, the, the force of the email is really that she was forced to eat some uh, wheat. She's, she's wheat intolerant like, uh, like us three. And, uh, he, he fed her bread. Well, just that's a true fish for fingers, a it was bread. Yeah. You two aren't it's, very good at not It was breaded fish. Apart from that thing you had the other day, which I mentioned on the blog. Oh, yes, yes, when I had my, uh, wheat and bacon-free bacon, -free bacon, bacon sandwich. sandwich. Yeah, essentially, it was just a gas. It might as well have just been a, a prism. It was a ridiculous thing to have had to have eaten. Yeah, doing that very funny sketch. Here's something I want to talk to you two about before we clear off air. Right, I, uh, got into, like, you know, I'm thinking about 
what am I thinking about? I'm thinking about in integration and oneness and unity about throughout humankind. I met this cab driver the other day. Sometimes, you know, you won't talk to a cab driver, you're closed down. Mm -hmm. I met one the other day and uh, instantly connected with him. He was a very lovely man. I noticed why, because I was really tired when I got in the cab. And Are I you noticed coming out? <laughs> Now <laughs> and, uh, and I know he turned down his CB radio or what? CB radio. <laughs> he turned oh, down his CB. Star Wars is on the telly. Drop some cracker jacks. <laughs> but like, I, I, he turned down his radio and I thought, oh, that's sweet. He's seen I'm tired, yeah. and so he's turned down the radio. Therefore, I won't do this blow off that I was planning. Oh, I, like, so I didn't do it because I thought if he's being kind enough to do yes, that, so I won't do it. Jesus. In a way, future, Matt, really. yeah. People caring for each other. Compassion yeah. in a way, isn't it? And then so then, then he took me to the doctors where I to have some UV treatment, popped out, come back to the car, and I'd needed, you know, once more. Of course. There was, there was, so, but I thought I'd do it on the way to the car to well, experience. Why are you telling us this story? You said, so oh, here's something I need to talk to you two about. It's basically about an un, un farted fart. <laughs> I did it on the walk, and then I, to, well, I got to Why the door. Why are you telling us this? Because it's about animation. altruism. <laughs> <laughs> He's teaching us a lesson. It's There's a, a lesson. It's a parable. Yeah. It's a lesson about self-education. Some of the blow-offs <laughs> fell on stony ground, <laughs> whereas some fell on rich crops, and some was took away by the birds. No, what I'm saying is actually, then like, I started talking to that bloke, it turned out he was a West Ham fan as well, we loved my oh. column in The Guardian, uh, he came over from Trinidad when he was 12, and he, and and uh, he was talking to me about stopping going to football because of racism and violence. And he, but he was an incredibly articulate Why and sensitive man. <laughs> I, I apologise for both of those things. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but it's my hobby. Um, yeah, no, but it was lovely because I had a shared moment of humanity. And George Orwell, I think, what is that book? Letters to, from Catalonia or something. That homage, homage. Homage to Catalonia. Mm. Yeah, he talks about in the first uh, first passage of that book, he took, which is as far as I got, if I'm honest. <laughs> he, talk, he talks about like. When you meet someone and instantly like him, he said he met another recruit signing up for POUM, POUM, you know, fighting against Franco, and he said that he instantly liked that man, he instantly made a connection, and sometimes when you find, you know, when you have a glimmer of instant humanity, when you connect with someone, you think, oh, I love that person, mm -hmm. when you can love someone in an instant and you realise, mm -hmm. like, like that, uh, that you realise that everything is ephemeral, and I think, oh, no, we've got this in common, we've got that to talk about, and, but really, we have a, the ultimate thing we have in common is the divine spark of life. Mm -hmm. So, it might have started off of a story about blow-offs, anyway, young man. They were up for the army, so they're both in a similar predicament, and he was probably nervous and he was just latching on to people. No, because in the Spanish Civil War, people came from all over Europe to enjoy, I mean, That's they weren't I mean. bonded so by, they were a common, by the fact they were Yeah, a common social cause. I mean, alright, it's not like, you know, Romeo and Juliet or something, but even they were just posh people in Italy out of Shakespeare's brain. So, you know, there is... It, there is a, a finding a commonality. You don't instantaneously love someone just because you both reach for the same penguin biscuit in a cafeteria. So, like, it's not, it wasn't a material connection. It was a, a spiritual sense. That's what Orwell was trying to convey. And I believe that is the same sensation I experienced whilst restraining a blow-off in the back of a cab. And I thank you <laughs> for ridiculing it, both of you. In number 463, we plough the fields and scatter. Thank you very much. Let's have a listen to Sank. Yeah, what do you yeah, want to listen to? I Bowie? Just press it back. Yeah, Bowie! Let's go crazy. <laughs> You're listening to Russell Brand on BBC Radio 2 and what a show it's been. Good guess. Jonathan Ross came in here but he didn't feature on here. Noel Gallagher did, oh he blathered on. Omid Jalili was in here, that was fantastic. It's been a good show, ain't it? I've enjoyed it. Have you enjoyed it, Matt? I've had a tremendous time. It's been wonderful. Trevor Locke, have you enjoyed it, dear? I have. I thought it had texture. Lovely celebrity anecdote. Just a time for a couple of emails and of course our uh, resident poet laureate, Mr G. Alright, this is from Joe Jennifer. Kenny. I don't know if anyone's told you about Morrissey at the SECC on Saturday night. He was big 
bigging you up. He asked us all to like you because you're very sweet. Sounds like he was facing a tidal wave of antipathy against me <laughs> there. Morrissey trying to carve out some affection. Very sweet. Oh, but then it says in brackets, we all love you anyway, of course, exclamation marks. Is that person trying to backtrack? I don't know how you felt meeting him, but it was strange watching him sing. Uh, sing, not sink. God, that would never happen. <laughs> um, I've never been reduced to tears before just seeing someone. I mean, I've seen hundreds of gigs. Lots of love. Thank you. That's nice to tell us that. Listen to this quickly. Uh, hello, Matt and Trevor and Russell, says Sarah Parker. I, s I had to tell you the sad sight that I beheld the other night. I was rushing through Tottenham Court Ra Road, Underground Tube Station in London, to the Mer uh, and I had the merry tune of a busker playing Christmas songs. When I got close up, I was shocked to see your old mate, Henry the Hoover, playing a trumpet alongside a human playing a guitar. Look what's happened to him after you've had your wicked way of him, I once foolishly admitted to an adolescent liaison with a Hoover. Reduced to busky on the underground, but he did look happy. He was very good on the trumpet, so I don't think your amorous lust had any lasting effect. Sarah, that's one of the people we worked Jeff, with, young yeah. Jess, saw that same Henry de Hoover busker. He's getting quite a lot of cred. Perhaps he could get a career. He should go on X Factor, which Henry I believe is plays the top. trumpet somehow. <laughs> look at you, you naive twit. Next week, let's talk I about. Don't actually, think he's allowed to play a trumpet. It's time for you to accept yourself, young man. Accept yourself. You had sex with a Hoover. Oi! Now I was very young. I didn't know what was going on. Well done, Trevor, for yes. pointing BBC Radio Two. It wasn't sex, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> what we had—that awkward fumble in an airing cupboard before my mum made her way up the stairs to receive the dual <laughs> disappointment of a ruined son and a ruined Hoover. That poor, poor woman. Um, yeah, it certainly wasn't sex. So, and then look, finally, uh, a person who was talking about their embarrassing sexual—not uh, sexual encounters. Jesus, this is Hayes Robertson. She said, "Look, her first ever celebrity." Uh, encounter was when she was a child of nine and the person was Matt LeBlanc who was uh, visited. Remember when Friends came from, from there was an episode of Friends in London, yeah, yeah. Joey, Matt LeBlanc. She goes, she saw him in a, in a lift. He got into the lift with me one morning because I were at the same hotel and uh, she said, I got a fright. After he said hello, I stared at him and actually did a bit of dribble out of my mouth. That can't have been nice for Matt LeBlanc to be subjected to that, can it? Staring and dribbling. Well, yeah, I don't think he would like it I at think all. He does. I think it gives him a sense of importance. It gives me one. Okay, so uh, what a lovely show it's been. But before we wrap things up, let's have a little listen to Mr. G, our resident poet laureate. Let's create atmosphere for him. Yeah, on Jalili's microphone. He's cleared off to look after his family. Okay, it's a poem about embarrassment. Gather around, boys and girls, and let me tell you a tale. Throw another log on the fire and pour yourself a flagon of ale. As we recall times when we've met famous names we respect, but embarrassment seems to infect our attempts to keenly impress. Don't ever mention to Gwyneth Paltrow about Omid Speedos. Perhaps he was moved in the same way that little Richard affects Trevor's libido. And Matt, <laughs> and Matt got his diploma from Lulu. Not from a university, just Lulu. So when he received his degree, all he could scream was, Lulu! Russell was heckled by Vic Rees, causing him to reel into fits, yet he sent a text to Jonathan Ross of him feeling a right tit. And Noel's out in Australia getting a tan and recalling when he was left alone standing by Morrissey, who with authority announced that his name was Russell Brand. So now we have a fan of a man who bears the name of his fan. How embarrassing. That Morrissey said that he was me on the stage the other night. That actually happened. That's a really good moment to have had in my little lifey poos. Right, thank you very much for uh, everyone that's contributed to this tremendous show. We've touched on some very profound themes, ain't we, Trev? Talked about utopia, mm -hmm. talked about unification of the soul and that and the spirit. I think I might mention Prometheus now. What did it mean? Stealing fire from the gods? There's something to ponder. Right, oh, uh, what's going on next? Something brilliant on Radio 2. Stay with us. Uh, thanks, Matt. You've done well at all. 88 to 91 <laughs> FM. This is Radio 2 from the BBC. BBC Radio 2.
Russell Brand.